Welcome to another episode of the VUCA Leadership Podcast. Today with us we have Sunil Mundra from ThoughtWorks. Sunil is coming from Singapore. The topic of our today's episode is VUCA, the difference between complicate and complexity. Sunil is Principal Consultant Advisory at ThoughtWorks based in Singapore. His primary areas of expertise are enterprise agility, organizational change, digital transformation and executive advisory. He has over 33 years of industry experience, including 22 years in IT domain. He has also held leadership positions in public limited companies and startups in the finance domain. He is the author of the best-selling book, Enterprise Agility Bing, Agile in a Changing World. As an agility evangelist, Sunil has shared his knowledge on stage at over 30 conferences across six continents, and he has an MBA degree from the Clark University of the United States of America. and thank you for being here. Good morning, afternoon, Spiros. Not sure what, what, what day of the hour it is, but it's good evening in Singapore here. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you very much for giving me this opportunity to have this conversation with you. It is amazing uh, regarding to the previous discussion we had before we jumped to this uh, episode. And uh, according to your LinkedIn profile, there is uh, there are loads of knowledge and experience that um, we are really looking forward to uh, to hear you and to uh, share this knowledge and expertise with uh, with our followers and with our viewers. So I'm uh, looking forward. Yeah, I will jump straight forward to uh, our first uh, question. To, to the first question, uh, your expertise is in uh, the difference between complicate and complexity. So, uh, in, in a few words, what what is the, this difference between the complicate and the complexity? Yeah, I think it's going to be hard for me to say it in a few words, but I'll still can try and keep it as short as possible. I will need to give an example to demonstrate what that means. Mm-hmm, okay? mm-hmm. Yes, I think in normal parlance we often use these words as synonyms: complex and complicated. I used to do that. Uh, until I realized the difference based on the Kanevin framework created by uh, the thought leader Dave Snowden, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, We all know the Kanevin pronunciation and the spelling is different. The spelling is C-Y-N-E-F-I-N's. Sounds like Cinefin, but pronounced as Kanevin. And in that framework is where the difference between complicated and complex is is called out. And there are other two domains as well, which I will not get into. But that got me interested because that difference to me as I started scratching the surface. And I'm still a very new student of this. But the difference that I have understood and the implications of that difference are profound. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's take two examples and then we can get into a little bit of, um, you know, the conceptual explanation. Sure. Let's say you are driving a car, okay? And you have a flat tire, yeah? Now, 
you need to get that tire fixed. Otherwise, the car won't move. Right. So you go to a petrol station and you look for a specialist who knows how to fix a flat tire. Right. Now, the specialist looks at the tire, realizes it's flat, takes the tire down right from the car, deassembles only the tire. Now, when the tire is taken off, no other part of the car is affected. The steering, the gear, the engine, everything else remains as is. Right? Now, this person has probably done tens, hundreds, thousands of flat tires before fixing. And he knows the make of the tire. He knows how to find out where that puncture might be. And he fixes the problem. And he loads the tire back onto the car. Okay. And the car is working again. This is an example of a complicated scenario or problem. I will explain why Okay, later on. Let's get into a complex situation now. Let's say you have stomach pain as a as a person right mm -hmm. and you try to take some medicine at home doesn't go away you say okay now it's time for me to go see the doctor right mm -hmm. now what the doctor is going to do obviously the doctor will check your stomach okay but the doctor will also look at your mouth check your tongue look at your eyes check the body temperature yeah ask mm -hmm. you a lot of questions where it is paining when it started what happened all of that and the doctor might say hey it's nothing it's just constipation <laughs> you and i can give you a laxative and it will cure it or the doctor might say i need more investigation and might send you for a scan yeah so there is a big process of discovery to really understand what the problem is. Mm -hmm. Right? Let's say the doctor sees something in the scan and says, uh oh, not looking good. We got to do a surgery. Right? Now, in preparation for the surgery, the doctor doesn't say, come, let's go to the operating table. I take you straight away there. No. There's a lot of blood tests. Everything needs to be checked to see your surgery readiness. Now, you are in the surgical room and there are a lot of other people there who are helping the doctor. There's the anesthesiologist, whatever. And the doctor is an expert in performing the surgery. But it is not just your stomach is being operated upon. Your whole body is being monitored. Your temperature, your breath, your heartbeat, all vital signals are being monitored. And the team in the operating room is ready if there is any eventuality. Suppose you get a heart attack. Suppose something else happens. Suppose your blood pressure drops. They are ready as much as they can be to tackle anything <clears throat> which is emergent which they cannot predict in the beginning. 
So this is these are the the unknown unknowns. This is an example of a complex scenario. Amazing. So putting it in down in uh, even uh, fewer words, the first scenario with the tire is a sequence of events with uh, uh, known unknowns. And the second um, example is a more uh, complex uh, uh, sequence of events that there are a lot of unknown unknowns in between. Yes, that's one way. There is There are many, many, many subtle differences, but I'll just highlight a few. Awesome. Thank you. In a complex, complicated scenario, it's a closed-ended system. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's a tire with its own limitations. The tire behaves in a particular way only. Right? Mm -hmm. The parts of a car behave only in a particular predictable way. Okay? Mm -hmm. If you make an intervention, the impact of that intervention can be controlled, can be kept limited, mm -hmm. right? That intervention doesn't affect anything else. It affects only that specific part of the system which you want it to affect. Okay. In complicated, the system is a sum of the parts. So you can deassemble a car fully and assemble it back and it becomes a car. Okay. Right. The interactions are predictable and very limited. There is no emergent something. There is a problem. Mm -hmm. That problem is there. There is a there is a, a fixed way in which an expert can fix a problem. Yes, you need an expert, but the expert knows how to fix a problem. Complex is different. In complex, the sum or the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. You cannot deassemble a human being and put it back. Mm -hmm. Because everything is linked to everything. Yeah, We feel that our parts are separate. Yes, they are separate. But your, your lungs cannot work without your brain. Your brain cannot work without the blood supply being. So there is a lot of interlinkages there, right? Is Secondly, when you operate or, or make an intervention, it is not just limited to that part. There will always be something else which will get impacted. Mm -hmm. So in a complex scenario, there are always often unintended consequences. So talking all this, we are uh, clearly talking uh, about this VUCA framework, this VUCA principle, because when we talk VUCA, uh, mainly we talk for the second component, that it is complexity. The third, third component, V-U-C-A. So the third one, yeah. all right. right? So the complexity is part of VUCA, right? Mm -hmm. The other important thing about it is this, when you make an intervention, there could be anything which can emerge, which you cannot predict. And as you very rightly said, there are a lot of unknowns. Mm -hmm. There, yeah, Nobody can guarantee an outcome because every intervention is essentially a hypothesis. You have patterns, okay? But there is no guarantee. No doctor can ever give you in writing that I have seen this medicine work with 1,000 patients. I guarantee it will work for you. No way. 
knowing. Everybody's aware right? of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there are, and so because there are a lot of unknown unknowns, yes, there are patterns. Yes, there are similarities within systems. But we all know every human being is unique. Right? Okay. This so, so these are, I would say, the major, there are many others, but mm -hmm. I'm just sort of for uh, purpose of brevity and given, you know, the time we have, keeping it to this. I think the important thing is to realize the difference between these two because the approach to deal with these two situations is very different. And that is where I think that awareness needs to be created. Awesome. I will I will try something uh, with, with the the next and uh, with the next question. Sure. All these uh, things that you adjust there are quite interesting and they are very very important in the today's business life. Even we we talk about C-suite professionals or even uh, we talk about uh, project teams. So before we go forward, uh, we continue with our talk. Just. Uh, Tell, us, tell me, tell us, where were you before and how did you came up with all these realizations? And uh, clearly, I'm referring to your previous experience. When, when was this moment in your career that you realized that, okay, here there is a difference. Let's dig deeper and see what the difference is and how did you came up with the realization you just said? Yeah. Because it is critical. So I've had a total of, as you mentioned, 33 years of experience, right? For the most part, I never knew this difference. As I said, the difference came to me about, I would say, uh, eight, nine years ago mm -hmm. when I came across the Kanevin framework. Right? Okay. And that Kanevin framework has, has four domains. And there, the difference between complex and complicated is called out. Right? And the approach suggested is different. And that got me interested. Mm -hmm. For complicated, the Kanevin framework suggests three steps, which is sense, analyze, and respond. Okay. Yes. But for complex, it says probe, sense, and respond. So let's take the example of a stomach problem, right? The sure. doctor has done a lot of probing. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a flat tire, there is not much probing to do. You All just right. sense where the problem is. You analyze what, what is the type of a problem. Is there a nail that has gone inside or the tire has got old and just torn up or what happened? And you fix it. So... This Kanevin framework has been the catalyst for me to understand. And then as I got deeper into the subject of complexity, mm -hmm. that's when I, of course, then came across VUCA as well. But I have chosen to focus on only on the C part of it, right? Mm -hmm. There may be other, you know, the, the, the V and the U and the A are also important. But to me, they are somehow all linked to the C. And today's era is an era of complexity. And the mm -hmm. complexity has gone up so much higher. Then I realized also that organizations are complex adaptive systems. Mm -hmm. But the 
my big realization, and this is the reason why I wrote my book, is that although organizations are complex and they are adaptive systems, for years, for decades, we have modeled them like machines and tried to treat them as complicated. And this, for me, is the main reason I think organizations are struggling to evolve. Because when you treat something as a closed-ended system, mm -hmm. you, which is actually a life system, you take away its ability to evolve. You look at any closed-ended system. Let's say you take a table or you take a house or anything. The only path forward, unless you make a big intervention, is degradation and obsolescence. It cannot evolve mm -hmm. on its own. But organizations, although they appear to be non-living, they are made up of people. And they have a life and they evolve. Okay. Because of interactions between various components of the organization and the main component is people. Awesome. What about, according to your, uh, your experience, uh, by the time that uh, you start working with an organization, you have to see what are the existing uh, operational excellence models uh, they, uh, they are existing there, what they are using, and how uh, do they use them. So, uh, the one is the, is the practical thing with the uh, skills, let's say, and the knowledge, and the other part is the human element, uh, the, the things that involve with the, in the human factors, let's say. Yeah. So, uh, these, uh, those two things are creating a situation similar to the, sorry to the things that you uh, was previously describing. So what an experienced product manager is where is he starting from uh, to um, to find solution to see to find the, uh, the things that are not working properly or they need to uh, make uh, them work even better. So I think in any system, there will be parts which are complicated. Mm -hmm. But the system as a whole is usually a complex one, especially when it comes to people. Like, let's take the surgery example. Performing a sur stomach surgery is a complicated job. Mm -hmm. It requires a skill set. It requires expertise. It requires experience to do that, right? And it requires that specific knowledge to do that, mm -hmm. which a doctor has. But the doctor is working on a complex system. The doctor doesn't say, I don't care about the whole body. I only operate on the stomach. Uh, whatever happens to the other parts of the body, it's not my problem. No. Okay. Which the punk person who is fixing the tire can. He can say, engine fixing is not my problem, man. I only deal with tire. Mm -hmm. Right? The doctor might say that, but the doctor has got to be ready to look at everything else across the system. So I think you have to recognize that some jobs are some work some tasks are complicated and you treat them like that mm -hmm. right but you have to always realize that you're working on a complex system which means you have to be open to emergence you cannot say i will make a plan and i have to stick to it right nothing is going to change we know it doesn't work that way you know i had asked one very senior executive in a in in one of the organizations where i was consulting i saw a very detailed plan and I asked the executive, I said, you prepared such a digital plan, but tell me from your experience, how long do these plans stay valid? Mm -hmm. He got the hint of my question. And he thought, and he said, you know what? Honestly speaking, my plans get outdated the next day. 
you know this is very similar and th that was the thing that blew my mind when i started with project management to study project management that it was exactly the same uh situations uh with uh, the military that uh, i used to be and with scuba diving especially with scuba diving because this we uh, most of the time say is that okay you will uh, hopefully prepare the perfect diving plan but everything that can go wrong it will go wrong so the way that we prepare ourselves to uh, jump in the water uh, especially in those special forms of diving that things of interactions between the team members uh, things that have to do with the body um, biology with uh, the gas exchange uh, the equipment that we need to handle the, the, the gas management and the task overloading according to the time that there is available that was when what I started showing when I started studying uh, the Lipsic Sigma principle when, and when uh, in the project management uh, went down to the campus uh, framework. So that is a great realization and great way to, to simply uh, explain it to, to our viewers. Um, so I would when, say, you know, yeah. the approach you take in a complicated situation is reductionism, mm -hmm. right? You reduce, you reduce. And I mean, if I look at why we do this, right, our whole education system is teaching us to solve complicated problems for most of the courses. Okay. I think only maybe one or two professions are taught to look at things from a complexity perspective. One is, I think, the medical profession, mm -hmm. right? And the other perhaps is the liberal arts profession, maybe, okay. but I'm not, you know, into those fields, so I can't say. But you look at any engineering profession or any management kind of profession, it always teaches us reductionism, mm -hmm. right? It always teaches us to isolate the problem and solve it in, you know, as, as, as something which is separate from the system. Assume, it is assuming that the impact is localized. And this is what we do. Our training is so strong, uh, you know, because of this, that we are seeing complex situations as complicated and approaching them like that. To me, project management is a complex job. It is made up of people. You cannot isolate people. You cannot expect them to behave like machines. You cannot expect that there will be handoffs between people like an assembly line. An assembly line is complicated. It's not complex. Okay, a manufacturing assembly line. Right? Okay, Soft, any knowledge work is a complex activity. Like, just imagine how poorly we understood knowledge work, at least for a long time. And I, it still surprises me that we call ourselves the most intelligent species on the planet. Mm -hmm. But how could we do this? So, for many, many years, we measured a software developer's productivity by the number of lines of code written, the more lines of code you wrote, the better you are as a developer. Mm -hmm. Now you tell me if you understand software, how absurd is that? Right? Mm -hmm. You are actually supposed to write as less software, you know, code as you can, which delivers the functionality so that your system remains lean and easy to upgrade, easy to evolve. True. But what we allow, more is better, bigger is better. That mm -hmm. is a complicated approach so i think we have to understand that it is a system it's a complex system that we are working on 
and move away from this from this mindset of optimizing for plan accuracy mm-hmm. optimizing for pure individual outcomes over team outcomes right and be open to emergence be open to feedback be open to adjusting course there are there is never a perfect solution in a complex situation there will always be a trade off but what we try to do we try to optimize it like a complicated solution so we 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 dump extra requirements mm-hmm. but we wanted nothing else to change and deliver it on time it doesn't work like that that was my next question samir uh the the question is do the organizations have the capacity to absorb situations emergency situations uh that uh, like the those that you previous uh referred to because according to my uh, small experience and my understanding the problem is that the capacity uh, both of human element and uh, of, of course economic uh, capacity is not enough to absorb the the human error and the mistakes and the um advert events that uh, will may appear that will appear so What do you think of that? I think this boils down to the organization having agility. Mm-hmm. The ability to sense quickly, the ability to adapt quickly and the ability to respond. These are the three core underlying capabilities of agility. So if you're going to make a mistake, how can you sense that a mistake is going to happen quickly? How can you have mechanisms where you don't discover it at the last minute? Huh. Right? Okay? How can you have transparency and visibility so that anything that and you we are all humans we are bound to make mistakes mm-hmm. you cannot expect us to make work like a machine and say you cannot make a mistake that is unrealistic only point you can do is how can you catch it early enough and learn from it so that it doesn't happen again so there right. are two ways that to, that we can go through the the things that you described the one is to have Uh, the the reporting systems to to work uh, openly with clarity and uh, in a psychological safe environment and the other way is to um, to, to let people uh, learn by their their mistakes and this i'm referring to is that the, the thing that i usually ask uh, managers and the, uh, especially project managers are you uh, conducting meetings yes are you keeping track uh, notes of uh, what happened yes Uh, are you most of the time focusing on what uh, we did well and what we didn't do so well? Yes. Is there a recording system or a, a file that you keep all these notes in order to have, um, let's say, to, to go back and learn from the previous uh, events in order not to, uh, br- to do them again in the future? And the answer is no. So there is no reference to the previous situations and the meetings are, uh, the, the duration is one, one and a half hours, talking, 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 but with no recording the important stuff that they need not to do again in the future. So recording is one part of it, but the learning has to be within the people, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, recording, holding somebody to the word, then people will play by that. People will game the system to say, I, I did my job. See, this is why, you know, so if you punish a mistake, right, or if you point out a mistake and you hold a person responsible, you're killing psychological safety. 
we all know and edward deming said it right right 95% of the problems which arise are arising from the system mm-hmm. not from the people people make genuine mistakes and that is okay the only point is to catch them early but anything other than that going wrong you have to look at the system so even when you look at people's behavior are you incentivizing the mm-hmm. right behaviors or are you punishing the right behaviors are you incentivizing the wrong behaviors or are you discouraging them sometimes we incentivize wrong behaviors then how why will somebody not behave that way so even when people behave in a particular way you have to look at the system and say what is it that is making the person behave like this right. why do people protect silos right why are people not willing to collaborate because there is a budget you know there is there is you know the the the, the politics between bosses there is yeah so all these things are there because of which people behave in a particular way right so what is the solution on uh this situations the solution is you got to have agility with you know and you got to do it based on people you got to treat people first okay mm-hmm. again right the this is this is now well known in terms of what you need to do to become a truly knowledge centric organization where you put people first right you have and you move away from indivaluing individual contributions and optimizing individual contributions to teams because when you empower teams it is very likely that the decision making can go wrong because there are 10 other perspectives which are there Mm-hmm. but if you empower only one person we all have blind spots we all have biases there are no checks and balances when an individual makes a decision but mm-hmm. when a team makes a decision there are automatic checks and balances right so you got to give the decision making uh, authority with guardrails mm-hmm. where the information is right you have to build psychological safety the leaders have to change their role from being directors and command control and pushing down decisions to facilitating removal of impediments using their influence to improve the performance of the team and solving the team's problems and how can you shorten your feedback loops how can you shorten your decision cycles how can you use data with your experience to make decisions rather than you know i am the boss so i decide because i know everything right <laughs> that's called the hippo syndrome the highest paid person in the room makes the decision everybody else sits quiet yeah 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 so this brings us to the other question that it is like this we had this discussion in a previous episode with one of our guests sure. and the question is we nowadays have so much access let's say to the knowledge uh, managers c-suite professionals on the other hand they love to read military books so why do you think according to your experience we have these issues uh, first of all according to how to put the let's say this knowledge that they receive in their everyday business or working life and second if if they are reading these military books 
why this thing uh, with the command and control becomes so complicated. See, as I said, uh, you have to, when people behave in a particular way, you have to look at the system. Mm -hmm. There is a book called The Goal by Eliyahu Goldratt. It's a classic book on theory of constraints. It's yeah. one of the best and most foundational books I have ever read in my life. Mm -hmm. It's written in form of a novel, so it's easy to read. Okay, what is the title again? The Goal. Good. Please go on. And there is a dialogue between a boss and a subordinate. And in that dialogue, the subordinate tells the boss, you tell me how you will measure me. I will tell you how I will behave. Okay. <laughs> it's clever. So what are we measuring in terms of success for people? What are we rewarding people on? That is number one. And second, how are my bosses behaving? If they behave in a command control way, but expect me to give that up and adopt a empowering approach, etc., I'm not going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So measurements and role modeling. These to me are the two keys to changing behaviors. And of course, then reading and bringing in somebody else to share their experiences, all of that is important, but not as important as the first two, which I mentioned. They are the enabling factors for behavioral change. See, I think we have to look at human nature. Mm -hmm. We all want to add value. That's, that's the basic nature of human beings. We all want to find fulfillment. We all want to create something, right? Mm -hmm. We get joy from that. But when we go to work, we face these constraints, then we give up. There is learned helplessness. Oh, this is never going to change. I just do my job. I don't care. There is no engagement. There is no uh, sense of pride in what you do, right? That, you know, we have to bring it into organizations. I mean, people behave in a way, as I said, right, or make mistakes. Have you ever or will ever a sane person wake up in the morning and say, today I'm going to go to work and mess things up. Okay. I'm just going to break things. I'm just going to spoil things. Nobody does that, right? We all wake up with the hope that we go to work and we add some value. We create something. We contribute something meaningful. You need to have the environment and the systems, right? And the enablers for people to do that. Awesome. How ThoughtWorks is helping organizations in to the, this direction? So first of all, I think ThoughtWorks is an organization which is based on certain values and beliefs which we have been following. We are known not only for helping others adopt agile way of working, but we are ourselves a very agile, very people-centric organization. Mm -hmm. Right? So as a consultant, I know what good looks like okay. when it comes to an organization which is people centric, which is which is following its values, not just on paper, but in spirit, mm -hmm. which believes that you can create a win win stakeholder uh, situation for all stakeholders, be it your employees, be it your external stakeholders, be it customers. And of course, customer comes first. 
okay so knowing what good like good looks like is very important sure and then when you go into an organization which is struggling you have to look at and see where you can make that intervention and where it can have an impact but at the same time you have to respect the constraints of the system mm -hmm. you cannot copy paste it's like a doctor yeah you know what patterns are there but you examine every patient and you look at the whole system and say this is i think which will work and if something doesn't work or is not giving you results you change right so you have to have a a vision for change you have to look at your current state see where you are not only to understand the context so that you can personalize your interventions and make it context specific mm -hmm. but you can also track progress so why do you need a blood report why do you need a blood pressure reading because the doctor says okay let's check after 6 months to see if you're improved mm -hmm. you have some baseline to compare against right so measuring a few things before you begin your interventions is very important many organizations don't measure a lot of things okay and uh, what about your book what uh, are the topics that you are covering in there and uh, why is it a good tool for uh, the today's c-suite professionals managers project managers I, I would love to learn more about your book yeah so as i said the main premise of my book is that i want to highlight the point that organizations are complex and living systems okay and they should be modeled as such right mm -hmm. so what i talk about in my in my first part of my book is you know the 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 need for looking at this slightly differently right and the importance of agility in the second part i talk about what is a complex system and what are the implications for organizations what is the role of mindset and culture how do you what at what level and through what interventions can you change mindset and culture it's not easy it's a very complicated loop of things mm -hmm. one thing influences the other the values the behavior the mindset the culture the environment they are all interconnected so how do you start influencing that i talk about leadership the biases right and the behaviors and how to be aware of them and what kind of behaviors you need then i look at the different components of the organization the people mm -hmm. the process the structure right the governance the technology part of it and the customer as well i treat the customer as an internal uh, component of the organization not an external one i think organization should treat the customer as an internal entity and not an external one okay right i examine those and i call out patterns which enable agility and and patterns or anti patterns which inhibit agility in each of these areas Mm -hmm. then i talk about distributed working how to enable that because that's a reality today and i talk about how do you work with your technology partners because that can be a weak link if you if you are on a path to change but your partners are still working in the old way then you have a little bit of a problem there and finally i talk about bringing this all together to create a plan for change how do you do that truly interesting topics and uh... Ladies and gentlemen, information about uh, 
as Neil and his work, uh, you will find uh, under the uh, comments of uh, this episode. Uh, you will be able to find both his website, his uh, the link that is uh, driving to his book in order to order it. And the book and book the is available on Amazon worldwide, and it is available in print on Kindle and in audio format as well. Amazing, amazing. Uh, Sunil, it was truly great conversation and uh, very nice to have you here in this uh, episode. Uh, a lot of uh, insightful things and uh, knowledge and uh, experience. Thank you very, very much for accepting this invitation. And, uh, the pleasure is mine and thank you very much for the thoughtful questions. My request to you as, as ambassadors who are trying to create awareness about VUCA, Mm -hmm. is to go that one level deeper and also try and create awareness about the subtle but very important difference between complex and complicated Highly appreciated and uh, yes, I, I keep a note on your uh, advice. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here today again with us. This was uh, Sunil Mundra. See you to our next episode. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.